Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we keep thinking fall is here, but it hasn't shown up yet, has it? It has not, at, l- at least not in the temperatures. No, not in the temperatures, but uh, fortunately in the football it has. Yeah, I didn't tell you, but I'm changing my allegiances. I'm, I'm sticking in the SEC, but I'm going to go with Alabama. It's going to be my new team. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, you, you need to go somewhere. <laughs> but, somewhere. Uh, I don't know if Alabama's the answer. You don't really yeah. have any ties to Alabama. I mean, you just need I, to come over to the— I can't do that. I Come can't, over to the orange can't side. can't do Clemson or Georgia. I just— no, I've grown up a Carolina fan. Those have been my two nemesis Come forever. On, join so your, Alabama, join you know? your brother, an orange crush no. here, Clemson, the Tigers. <laughs> Tough year. <laughs> Tough year for the Gamecocks. Yeah, we're sad to see that. But it'll be a good week. You know, yeah. everybody should, you know, all the local teams should be able yeah, to win Yeah, the Bulldogs out. had a great win against Notre Dame, and they're playing uh, at uh, Tennessee. So they'll probably yeah, win that one also. They'll win that one. And, yeah. you know, Carolina has a chance, they you know, chance. against Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, I think Clemson will probably be able to pulled out with uh north carolina north carolina yeah so we'll see interesting stuff here and speaking of interesting we have some interesting topics to talk about here we're going to start off with the nine things about happiness and money that we're often taught too late in life yeah or never taught at all exactly um, i mean some of these things are really good uh as I'll just give you one. Uh, money won't make you happy. I mean, having some is good, but um, they're they're much more important things than money in life. So we'll go through nine of them. Some pretty good information here. Yeah, that's great information. And then we're going to follow that up with um, saving big on car repairs. Um, John, you know, I mean, you can spend a ton of money on vehicles. We see people driving their retirement all the time when mm-hmm. they have some really expensive vehicle, big car payment. Well, you can also blow a lot of money on car repairs if you own the wrong car or you take the wrong approach to getting your car fixed, you don't do your homework. So we're going to go through that, how to save some money on car repairs. Very, very good article there. Um, but by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 24 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast that you can listen to them. Um, also have a couple hundred historically that we could go back maybe five or six years and, and, and listen to some when Carolina was winning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, let's don't go that quite that far. Yeah, that's right. So we have a lot of them out there. A lot of good tools on the website as well, calculators and some other forms and so forth. So check that out. Facebook page, uh, MoneyMD, and also a Twitter handle, MoneyMD also. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us directly at info at MoneyMD. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. This source comes from LifeWire. And Steve, I love the the technology um, that's out there today. It's really changed our lives. And people that do individual stocks and, and focus on certain industries, it's just disruptive right now. People, you don't know how technology is going to change um, in kind of the next next wave or next system. And so the new 5G technology, it's being installed now across the United States. It's estimated to be 20 times faster in terms of the current 4G technology. Um, it's just, it's a game changer. And yeah. uh, we don't really understand how it's going to change things, but gosh, just everything being connected is just going to, it's going to change it. And um, it's hard that's to right. know the impacts of it, but technology, that's what technology does is, 
Look at the fracking in the oil industry, completely change that industry. So trying to predict these trends is impossible. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a no-brainer that, you know, when, when that kind of speed gets out there, that we're going to have a lot more things that are connected to to, to cell towers, you know, and a lot more, you know, real-time mm-hmm. data transfer. Um, cars now are being connected, you know, to the Internet already, you know, with, with just 4G. But with 5G, they can handle so much more volume. So that really is going to be a disruptive technology, I believe. A lot of people are saying that. So, um, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Well, yeah, look at some of the, the like the battery technology as well. Yep. I, mean, I just remember like 10 years ago, they were trying to figure out solving batteries and cars. And there were some options out there. But, uh, you know, the Teslas of the world have figured it out. And it's just incredible what they've done. So yeah. just, you just never know with technology. It just changes industries and companies and so forth, so, which is positive. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exciting. That's an exciting fact of the week. I like that. And that leads us up here to our first topic here, and that is the nine things about happiness and money that were taught often very too, too late. Yeah, this is uh, from Peter Buckman, uh, CNBC contributor. And uh, Peter is 78 years old. He says he's been married to the same woman for 50 years. Uh, he's got two, two daughters and uh, two grandchildren. And, of course, there's been ups and downs. He said he's been diagnosed with two forms of cancer. Mm. Um, but he's been able to look back on his life and uh, as a publisher and a writer. And he feels pretty successful and happy. And, you know, he's nearly 80 years old. But he said he's learned nine important lessons. And I think that's one of the things, you know, you and I are, haven't been married that long. But we combine them together and they have we have that's been, right. right? We can add it up and we get can, there. We're over that, right, for, <laughs> for both of us. So, uh, you know, we have some some experience. And I think folks that are listening out there that are – older. I mean, that's where wisdom comes from is, is just, you know, life's hard knocks a little bit. So uh, these are some of the things that, um, you know, he said that should have been taught earlier. And the first one is remember to be kind to yourself. And this is interesting. We're a lot of times our own harshest critic. Uh, we certainly know our limitations better than anybody else. But when things don't turn out as you intended, it's sometimes, uh, you know, um, it's a kindness to remind yourself that your intentions were honorable, that you're human. Um, not everything that goes wrong is your fault. And, uh, while we may be good at taking the blame, uh, for peaceful, you know, a peaceful life, you gotta be kind and, you know, the, the, the internal talk in your mind is very important. So don't beat yourself up so much. We're human. We make mistakes and we go into the next one. So be kind to yourself. Yeah, I like that. And that's part of being positive, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at the cup half full, not, not getting depressed over things. You know, we all make mistakes, things go wrong. There's always tomorrow where you can do better. So that that's I like that. That's so you're a saying great football season. Don't get two down. And that's right. Just you know, think there's always next season. Right. John. We could go on it's a nine a game deal. winning streak here. And really <laughs> you turn could. It around. You could. You still time. There are only three three deep here. So <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> All right. Number two here is money won't make you happy. Well, that's kind of an obvious you know statement. Yeah, I mean, money allows you to enjoy life. You know, <clears throat> um, if you have enough and maybe a bit more than enough. Uh, but it won't significantly boost your happiness in life. Um, so, you know, you, you don't need to emphasize this too much because, I mean, there are a lot of studies out there that tell us this. Um, you know, your happiness and your well-being comes from taking care of yourself, comes from your faith, comes from the good things that you've experienced, you know, love, laughter. It comes from the relationships you have with people, with your family um, who make, you know, a difference in your life. So those are the things that are important. Um, you know, having money, you know, it, it does take away some anxiety for sure, but it certainly won't make you happy. 
Yeah. Number three here is you're never too old or too young to make mistakes and you'll never try or discover something new if you're always afraid of getting it wrong. So mistakes are really an unavoidable part of progress. So don't don't be afraid to take some leaps, uh, no matter how frightening they may seem. And of course, there are limits. I mean, if you're, you know, have incompetence or malpractice, uh, there's some issues with that. But for people, especially younger ones, should be aware that you know, generally when we make mistakes, it's a sign that we prefer to experiment rather than be cautious. And um, so, I mean, that's how you look at the inventors historically, and they go through, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of failures before they get to the, the one that works. So don't be discouraged if you fail or when you fail, right? Yeah, if you're not making any mistakes, you're probably not taking enough risk That's in your right. Life. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Another one here is retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, retirement. You know, they, they he calls this a nonsensical term. Um, you know, he says, you know, I'm self-employed. I'm still working in my late 70s, and I don't plan or want to retire anytime soon. Hmm. Kudos to him. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and he says he's finished writing a novel and he even has another one planned. Um, you know, so in a world where there's, so many, uh, you know, dreams of early retirement, <clears throat> you know, that's, this probably sounds like a shocker, but, you know, but yeah, the word retirement really is a misnomer, you know, to call yourself retired doesn't really accurately describe all the activities and the anxieties that fill your waking and often your sleeping hours. So just because you're no longer in full-time employment doesn't mean you have to withdraw from the world. Um, or that you have nothing, you know, more to contribute. So, you know, giving up your work life um, just because you've reached an arbitrary age, he calls that ridiculous. He says, you know, if you're still alive, you're still active, still capable, you enjoy what you do, then, you know, you should be encouraged to continue working on um, and not just like pick an age and just just drop out of the workforce just because you hit that age. There's a lot of uh, nonprofits out there that need experienced people coming in to help. So uh, you got to figure that out as you retire from your day job into something else. That's important. So another one here is self-employment isn't for everyone, but it can be rewarding. And uh, if you have a hard time just thinking about working for someone else and you have the energy, the confidence, communication skills to uh, persuade other people to use your service, then you may want to give self-employment a, 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 a run at it. And um, it can be risky and um, it's not for everyone, but it can be rewarding. And if you do it right, you'll wake up each morning really looking forward to the next challenge. So self-employment, you know, this country has really been built off of small businesses people taking risks, and that's capitalism. So uh, self-employment is can be a very good thing. Uh, another one here is keep your ambition engine running. Um, without something to aim for, you, get, uh, you, you run the risk of getting bored, and boredom can destroy you. So uh, we hear that from people going into retirement. They want to make sure that they have you know, good ambitions, whether it be career-related, maybe they have a second career, uh, maybe they're teaching something, maybe they're building something, they're learning new skills, but always strive for, for new things in your life. Keep it fresh. Absolutely. Yeah, another one here is there's no point in trying to escape change. Um, you know, change is difficult. It's uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean you should try to avoid it. You know, it can, it can be forced upon you, um, by unexpected circumstances like an accident or job loss, um, an illness or malfunction, you know, and, and, and something that you rely on. Um, but you know, the odd thing is the older we get, the more we, we grumble about change yet, you know, so many, have already faced kind of the greatest change of all, and that is going from independence to dependence when you age, you know, so with little or no preparation at all. So, um, you know, it's because, I mean, 
it's something we don't want to think about too much as we, you know, secretly, you know, are confident that we'll cope when we have to. But the fact is, you know, change does happen. So you have to expect it and you have to be willing to change and not not resist it. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, last two here are really interesting, Steve. You can be a hypocrite without even knowing it. So hip- hypocrisy is when you promise you'll do something and you have no desire or intent uh, to do that, whether it's having lunch with someone, um, I'll just tell you kind of a personal thought, like when someone's going through something and I say, I'll pray for him, I, I stop and I, I pray for him there. Because if, if, you know, if you say, all right, well, you do it later, you'll forget about it. So, you know, just trying to be very intentional when you say, hey, you want to go to lunch or can I help you with that? Be sincere about it. Don't be a hypocrite. Um, you know, think about those, those um, you know, commitments that you're making out there. And the last one here is don't worry about keeping up with the slang. So this guy's almost 80 years old. You know, we talked about the technology and it gets difficult. I mean, things are going so quickly and, you know, vocabulary changes rapidly. Um, you know, the, uh, the slang, uh, the technology and so forth. So try to, try to keep up with the technology, but um, there's only so much that you can do. The ambition uh, goal here that we talked a little bit about is, is important to continue to you know, experiment and, and understand different you know, aspects of the world out there. So slang piece of it, it's okay if you're not getting it. We That's why we have millennial kids and grandkids, right? That's right. We don't have to know all the, you know, all the, all the text slang no. out there. You know, I can read, you know, some of the young people's text and I can't, can't read a word of it. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's don't worry about that. Just use your own language, right? Yeah, use the language you're accustomed to. Don't worry. Be happy. There you go. Um, all right. Good topic. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. All right. So I'm starting to hear grumblings about the presidential election next year. I yeah, don't know if you are starting yeah, to, a little, little bit starting yep. to come up. Should I make any changes to my portfolio? Uh, is is the mm-hmm. that's basically what's happening, and it's a year away. Yeah, yep. um, you know, it, it's definitely this is definitely going to ramp up uh, next year as we get into the, uh, sure. the the election cycle even in heavier. And you go back and look at history; we have a really neat chart that shows the stock market performance under uh, Democrat presidents and Republican presidents. And you know what? Generally, they all trend up. That's right. So that's right. So making decisions based on presidential elections, there's no correlation that we've seen in the data. Uh, there's not. There's only been in the last hundred years like twenty five of them, right? That's not enough data yeah, points. Yeah, not to enough draw data conclusions. points. So it doesn't mean the market won't be, you know, up and down a little volatile. But it really boils down to what a company is going to earn um, next year and the year after and the year after. And you know, you look at the technology fact of the week that we talked about, and I mean, earnings typically go up over time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, actually, I think the studies show that election years are actually a little bit more positive than other years yeah. um, on average. So, um, you know, so there's some some reason to be optimistic about, you know, it being election year next year. But certainly don't make it changes to your portfolio based on that. Make your cha- any changes to your portfolio based on your long term objectives. You can't, you know, guess what the market's going to do next year. Um, and you know, you just, you can't see the future. Yep. So plan for the long term. Good question of the week. And that brings us up here to our next topic. And that is save big on car repairs. Um, this is based on an article out of bottom line, personal, uh, Jill Trotta, um, a little while ago. And, but John, you know, when it comes to repair cost, um, this is an expense that can run into thousands of dollars per year for, each car, you know, multiplied by many car, however many cars you own. So it can be a, a really big part of your budget, you know, particularly if you're driving older cars. And unfortunately, when it comes to managing this ongoing expense, many car owners are literally driving blind. 
blind, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, cars have become mm-hmm. increasingly complex, uh, making it hard to know how much repairs should cost or to know, you know, much about some money-saving alternatives. Hopefully, technology is going to eventually make cars more reliable. Um, but meanwhile, here are some tips for saving big and avoiding being ripped off at the garage or the service departments when you go get your car fixed. Um, the first one here is many of the aftermarket parts are as good as the original parts, but you have to know which ones to accept, he points out here. And and, and I think this is really good because there's a lot of confusion around this issue of, you know, a garage might make repair uh, prices lower by always using aftermarket, you know, replacement parts for your car. Um, and those are the part part parts that aren't made by the same company that originally made the parts in your car. Um, they might tell you that um, the costly original parts, the OEM parts, as they're called, original equipment manufacturer parts, are never as worth the extra money. Um, but meanwhile, you know, a new car dealership might always recommend OEM parts um, despite the higher cost. And they'll tell you the aftermarket parts are inferior even though the automakers themselves sometimes buy parts from these aftermarket companies. So the truth lies somewhere in between. You know, it's fine to save money buying certain aftermarket parts for your car um, and allowing your, your, your repair person to do that. But there are times when it's better to pay for the original part. Yeah, so uh, the what to do here is, you know, ask what company is uh, supplying the aftermarket part. So if it's an AC Delco or a Bosch Denso or NTK, I mean, the part likely is every bit as reliable as the OEM part. So, you know, these companies, they're highly respected in the industry and the automakers themselves often buy parts from some of those dealers. So if the aftermarket part is made by a different company, then ask someone at your repair shop uh, if he or she would trust this part in their own car. And you may want to do some some research. Um, you know, you can go to Google, obviously, and and uh, maybe get, get some answers and some ratings from people who have purchased it before. So this can be a quick way of telling, you know, kind of what you're getting. But some of those name brands are probably going to be just as good as the OEMs. That's right. And an exception to this, he points out, is that if you have to replace an electronic component that performs some computing technology or computing processing, um, you know, you need to pay for the extra OEM part if it's available. He says, because opting for an aftermarket electrical component is a false savings. It might cause problems somewhere else in the system, you know, that your car could, it could be very expensive for a mechanic to diagnose it or chase it down later on. So if it's an electrical component, make sure you get the original part. That's what he says. Um, Next one here is high-end brake pads are one upgrade that is truly worth the price. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so when you take your car in for a brake job, you might be offered several brake pad options, including like organic brakes pads for as little as $10 a set, you know, really cheap. Um, You know, then they have the metallic organic pads that are might be $20 and then they have ceramic pads. It could be as much as like 80 or a hundred dollars, um, for a set of ceramic pads. Um, you know, is the garage that recommends the high end pads just trying to upsell you for a little, no benefit. So what do you do? Um, that what he says is no, you need to ante up for the ceramic brake pads. Um, they're likely will stop your car faster than the other pads. Therefore, they'll keep you safer. They often last twice as long as the organic pads. Um, they don't cause much wear and tear on the, the brake rotors as metallic pads. So in the long run, 
Um, you know, you won't you won't add much to your cost of your car of your ownership by paying the upfront cost for the ceramic brake pads. Labor is a big part of the job, so mm-hmm. you don't want to go cheap on those parts. So brake job, yeah, you want to go with the highest grade uh, pads you can get. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I didn't <clears throat> didn't know that, which kind of feeds in the next one. It says, uh, it, you know, this was written by Jill, right? Female. Yeah, that's right. So she <clears throat> says female drivers are more likely to be overcharged. That's not John saying oh, that. Oh, really? You sure? <laughs> I, 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 it's not me saying that. Be careful, that. John. I could probably put my name in there. How about inexperienced <laughs> uh, or unknowledgeable uh, yeah. car people? That's true. Um, that's true. There's but... been... There have been studies out there that show that uh, that female car owners are charged about eight percent on average more than men for the same repairs, and that's a shame. It yeah, is. It right. is. I mean, these overcharges are more common in big cities, uh, and it turns out that they're much less likely in small cities uh, in rural regions. And it's really because the repair shops and service departments in small communities they can't risk ruining their reputation with the locals. Word gets out they're overcharging, then uh, you know it hurt their business. So just be careful. I mean, you can uh, you know th- there are reputable car places in Aiken Augusta. Um, right. You just got to get to the right one. That's right. Yeah, and anyone. I mean, what you really should do, he says here, is you know you, you want to use an online auto repair estimator, such as um, get an estimate tool at repairpal.com. Um, to judge whether an offered price is fair. And unfortunately, you know, this is especially true for women who live in large cities or other densely populated areas. Um, so, you know, go online, uh, check out what, what the typical repair price would be for whatever job you're having done to your car. But RepairPal.com is a good website to get that estimate on. So I like that. That's a good tool. Um, next here is, you know, bills for unscheduled, for well, excuse me, scheduled maintenance, they might be inflated by fluid flushes that you really don't need. Apparently, that's a pretty pretty common uh, ruse that, you know, service shops will do is they'll recommend, you know, some kind of fluid flush that, you know, and, and it's not often recommend. It's not always uh, required by your owner's manual. So if a shop recommends replacing your car's coolant, brake fluid, power steering fluid, or transmission fluid, when you take it in for scheduled maintenance, beware, because a shop might be selling you a service that your car does not need or recommend. Um, these fluid changes, you know, once were very routine, but, you know, now they're needed far less often in these modern cars that are designed to not have the fluids replaced. Um, so what do you do? You check the maintenance schedule section of your owner's manual um, and not a maintenance scheduled created by the by the shop. But you want to check your actual owner's manual for your car and see whether the fluid replacement is recommended at the current mileage. And if it isn't, then ask the shop to justify the change. Um, You know, there might be a valid reason. Perhaps the mechanic, you know, did a test and revealed the presence of water maybe in your brake brake fluid, for example. Or perhaps a, a fluid change is a potential solution to a problem that you're experiencing with the car. Um, you know, if the shop's only explanation is some form of it's better to do it more often than the manual says, <laughs> yeah. certainly you want to decline the service. Maybe you know? a, maybe a sign they're trying to upsell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you might want to find a different shop if that's the case. Yeah, and so before you buy your next car, you got to kind of know what you're getting into. I mean, some of the higher-ender cars, high-ender, high-end cars, um, yeah. they're more expensive on the front end, but they also cost a lot more to maintain 
um, you know, whether you're you're buying a, a fifty or sixty thousand dollar luxury car or something more expensive, you got to make sure you understand that the maintenance on that is going to be um, equally as expensive. So, as a rule of thumb, a vehicle's cost of repairs will be roughly proportional to its original sticker price. So, for example, if it costs four times as much to keep an, uh, an eighty thousand dollar luxury sedan on the road as a twenty thousand uh, dollar economy car, um, so th- when things break, I mean, instead of having a you know a $300 repair is going to be $1,200. So, you know, when, when their parts do break, uh, they're also often very expensive to replace. And so you got to be, uh, kind of got to be ready for that from a budget standpoint. So don't buy, you know, if you're out there buying a used car and you're buying a luxury car, you got to understand there's going to be a big maintenance bill with it potentially. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And I've noticed that with tires too, you know, when you buy a new car, they'll have some fancy tires on there, real low profile, and uh always scares me when I go to get them replaced, you know, what those might cost. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they do get cheaper over time. But, yeah, expensive cars do that. So what what do you have to do? What do you need to do? Um, you know, the point is don't stretch your budget to buy an expensive car unless there's also room in your budget for the four-figure annual repair bill that, you know, comes once the warranty ends. Um, you know, at repairpal.com, they have an index score that can give you an idea about the repair bills that you might be in for with a particular model. So you can check that out again at repairpal.com. Um, but if you want a luxury car that won't inflate your maintenance and repair bills, then, um, then any more than necessary, then what you might do is buy from one of the, uh, luxury brands that are up that are they're an upscale of another brand. Um, for example, you know the Japanese luxury brands Lexus, Infinity, and Acura. Um, those are three examples. I mean, they're upscale. Uh, Lexus is an upscale of the Toyota. Acura is an upscale of Honda, and Infinity is an upscale of Nissan. So these generally, you know, can be worked on my mechanics that are familiar with the lower brand cars, and they use a lot of the same parts. Um, than those lower brands, <clears throat> so they'll be cheaper to work on. Same thing with like Lincoln and Ford. Mm-hmm. You know, Lincoln's an upscale of that. Um, so if you don't want to pay, you know, thousands a year on average for the repair bills and warranties, then you want to avoid some of the the uh, European luxury brands such as Audi, uh, Audi, excuse me, BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, which tend to be among the most expensive cars to repair. <clears throat> so that's the scoop on that one. Um, next here, you know, just because it's a reliable car doesn't mean that it is less expensive to own. Um, you know, not to pick on one brand, but this is especially true, he says, with Subaru, um, which is known for reliability, but it can be more expensive to repair, um, than buyers expect. Subaru has a reputation, apparently, as a reliable brand, um, although the latest rankings have uh, dwindled a little bit. But while Subarus are often reliable, they can be surprisingly expensive to repair when something goes wrong. In many ways, you know, they're built a little bit differently than other makes and models. Um, so that can be tricky and time-consuming for mechanics. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you might want to avoid that brand or certainly read consumer reports on it. Yeah, just make sure before you buy vehicles, whether it's a new one or a used one, you understand the maintenance because there are big swings. And this is uh, this really points out a good uh, good way of looking at it. I like the um, the uh, repairpal.com. Yeah, I've not heard of that I do before, too. so that's, that's good, I do good too. tool. And I'll wrap this up with one last one he says here. You know, I mean, cars that typically are less expensive to own are electric cars. Um, you know, most people kind of have a – think electric cars are 
are going to be uh, more expensive to own. But, you know, studies have shown that they are about 20 percent less expensive to own because they have so much fewer moving parts. parts right. <clears throat> they have like one hundredth the moving parts of a gasoline car. They don't have any oil to change, don't have any uh, belts to change. Um, typically, you know, there's <clears throat> no transmission. Um, so it doesn't produce all the heat that a regular engine does. So, uh, you know, you can save some money in the long run by buying electric, but you want to stay kind of lower end electric, you know, like a Nissan Leaf, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. And that brings us up here to our, uh, Prescription of the week. Yeah, this has to do with uh, beware of uh, the fine print in free trials. So free trials, you know, um, there are companies that advertise online um, that uh, you can get sample products such as dietary supplements, skin creams, cosmetics, e-cigarettes virtually for free and pay just a couple dollars in shipping and handling. But then, uh, you know, a lot of consumers who respond, they get uh, enrolled in ongoing automatic shipment programs. It's repeatedly billed to their credit cards for the products they didn't realize they had committed. Um, you know, and actually the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, um, recently agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement with a group of companies that were operating a worldwide scam on these free trial offers. So, you yeah. know, you just, you just got to be careful if it's free. <laughs> There's, nothing's free. Nothing's free. You know, it's the yeah. old adage. I mean, it's, this has been around forever, you know, just different versions of it. I remember when I was a kid, I used to sign up for the, while I was younger, I used to sign up for the free, the free like CD, you know, club yeah. where you'd sign up, you know, and they get they For and a then, penny, right? And then a penny and yeah. they give you a CD, you know, you get to pick one on all these and get your updated music. <laughs> but then they'd send you a new one every month, yeah. you know, and it, if you didn't pick it, you know, they'd just send you their standard one and it would be at a really expensive price, and eventually you'd try to cancel, and it's real hard to cancel. Yeah, yeah. It's the same deal, man. It's just repackaged. <laughs> no, you're right. Just different products. And so exactly. um, you just got to be careful. Read the fine fine print. If you really have trouble, you can go to back to your uh, your credit card if you're using that, which, you know, you can use debit cards as well and, and um, you know, just, just tell them that you didn't sign up for it. And um, you're right. It is difficult to cancel some of these. So. Absolutely. So there you go. Good prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. And email us your questions at info at MoneyMD.net. Or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.